With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to a week one edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, guillotineleagues.com, Scott Fish, and Matt Harrison. Hello, guys. Hey! Hey, Game's on. Yep. Football's back. Game. Yeah, but we'll spend most of our focus on the games coming up Sunday and Monday. Yes. In addition to breaking down every game fantasy style and applying all of the letter grades that we always do, that would be A, B, C, and bench level grades for, to our players. We will also have Take a Chance on Me. This is where we unveil nine players, not normally in your starting lineup, that you can go to war with this week. And there are some scenarios where you've got to go mm-hmm. to some deeper players. Yeah. Yeah. We'll play three tough questions. And near the end of the show, premature speculation, where we help you identify the players you can pick up now that other people will be trying to pick up next week, but they're already on your team. And I get to put the sound, my time machine sounder. Yes. Mm. Very excited to have the time machine back. Love it. Yes. You didn't know what a time machine sounded you're, like. You're a now. big fan of time travel, Charge. Well, who would it be? Future I'm, Charge came back and told Charge. You know That's Apple what Apple stock like. I bought in 2002? Oh. But that just changed the entirety of the world. It could be. Yeah. Um, yeah the butterfly effect, Charge. Come on. V- yes. And I'm the rich... Quiet, very quietly, I'm now the richest man in the world. Oh. Yes. Explains the palatial estate we've... Podcast yeah, from this exactly. yeah, yes. the six butlers. <laughs> that does it. It seemed okay. weird at the time. Let's dive into our matchups. But actually, before we do that, I want to pose to you what to do if you started Cam Akers or Allen Robinson, who combined for 11 yards on Thursday night, and now you find yourself in a big hole coming into this weekend. What's the strategy 
now to overcome that. Who started Cam Akers? I started Daryl Henderson, my sleeper from last week. We're not interested in how great you are. <laughs> I also thought Ro- Alan Robinson would have an amazing year, so let's not victory lap everything. That's pretty That's pretty dang terrible. Uh, I think one thing you do if, if you're trying, if you played against them and you're trying to protect... Well, no, well, let's start with, let's start with the other four. side. Yeah, let's just okay. start. Just to, we'll get to that in a second. All right. If they, you started Cam Akers yeah. or Alan Robinson... What do you do to overcome it? Yeah, it's it's the pretty stock answer of, you know, if you have two guys that are pretty similarly ranked or you have a similar viewpoint on them, you go with the one with the higher ceiling at this point. We're going for upside. Yeah. Think about if you've got a quarterback-receiver combo, you put those guys in to see if you can get lightning to strike on that once or twice. Sure. And so you're playing for upside. Now, now let's flip it over. You're mm-hmm. playing against... Cam Akers or Allen Robinson, somebody just burned a roster spot on effectively no fantasy points. Yeah. What are you going to do to protect your your early advantage? Well, I think you pretend it's a guillotine league and you just go for safety. You yep. go for instant touches and try to get as many 10-touch guys in your lineup as possible. Yeah, you yeah. immediately pull the guys like uh, George Kittle or Chris Godwin, stuff like that. Chris Godwin, especially because he plays Sunday night, and you don't want to wait out that injury. Or Russell Gage, that same game. Yeah, yeah. You, you play a safer player with a lot less upside, probably, but at least you know they're going to throw some points at you. I'm excited to hear what you think of Julio Jones in that game when we mm-hmm. get to it. But let's mm. begin with the Eagles mm. taking on the Lions. Scott, this was a one-sided shellacking last yeah. year. What do you think happens here? Yeah, it's probably going to be close to the same. The Eagles are, are a sneaky favorite for a lot of people to win that uh, that a- NFC East and maybe even make a run in the playoffs. Uh, that's uh, me. Yeah, that's me too. When I was in Iowa, my son made me place a bet on the Eagles to win their division. I, mm-hmm. I was very proud of him with that. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I have an A grade on so this guy. You're a proxy I'm for a nine-year-old's betting habit. Okay, yeah. yes. Nice. yes. Might, yeah, you may, I mean, I made the felony. bet. I, don't know. I made the bet. Exactly. It's I, my I, I account. think he's doing it right, though, Charge. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, on the Eagles side, let's start with Jalen Hurts. I have an A grade on him. This is a guy who finished top 12 in 17 of his 20 games last week as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. That is Hertz had 74 designed runs last year, which was second only to Lamar Jackson, 76. He had 10 rushing touchdowns. You're getting close to an a grade most weeks just off of his rushing. All indications are he's more accurate this year. He's been passing better and he added AJ Brown. Um, he gets a matchup against a team that was bottom 10 against quarterbacks last year with the second lowest pressure rate. So they're not even going to get to him. Um, a grade on Hertz. His main guy, A.J. Brown, I still have an A grade on as well. The Lions allowed the most 20-plus yard receptions last year, and the Eagles have three guys who can get deep in A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and I suppose you could say Goddard can get deep because he he's, oh, yeah. he's had a decent amount of deep receptions. Um, they're bottom 10 against the slot where A.J. AJ Brown – Tends to tends to play a decent amount, make a lot of plays. The only concern for me on this side is if the Eagles get ahead too early and they run a ton like they did in this same matchup last year. But I think they'll want to unleash their new weapon in week one. And, you know, they're going to get some points on their way to that lead. Makes sense. Devontae Smith, I have a C grade on. Due to how bad Detroit was last year against the deep ball, all it's really going to take is one 
one big play out of Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown should draw a lot of coverage from Amani Urawari. Dallas Goddard, I have a B grade for. The Lions allowed the second most yards and the fifth most receptions to tight ends last year. It's a great matchup. Something's got to give here, though. If if they get up early and they're running a ton, I think Devontae Smith is the bench. Uh, but Dallas Goddard is a B at the moment. Uh, Miles Sanders, C grade. Only really due to health concerns as he finally, just a couple days ago, I believe on Thursday, finally started putting in full practices. Wow. He has dealt with a hamstring injury all all preseason here. Uh, they even added Trey Sermon as some backup. They said they're going to be cautious, but the Lions allowed the fourth most rush yards, the third most rushing tees, even the second most receiving touchdowns to backs. Of course, Miles Sanders did not score last year, oh, yep. but we got to hope that comes back. Uh, there's a lot to like here. It's mostly the injury concern in the split that gives me the pause in a great matchup. So he's only getting a C grade. The rest of the running backs are on the bench because I don't trust them until I see what these actual splits are. Yeah. I got fooled by Gainwell last year. They said pass catching roll and it never materialized. We will talk more about that exact situation later in the show. Yeah, on the Lions side, I have most I have Jared Goff on the bench. Let's just start there. I know you likely drafted Goff early as your starter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> First round. <laughs> but he only topped 270 yards three times last year and had eight games of zero or one touchdown. He's not a guy you're starting. Um DJ Chark, same deal. Bench. I need to see his role first. He's he's basically looking like fourth banana in the passing order behind St. Brown, Hawkinson, and Swift. So I need to see that first. St. Brown, I'm giving a C grade to. The Eagles were second best against wide receivers last year. Fourth fewest receptions, third fewest yards, fifth fewest touchdowns. It's not a great spot. However, they should fall behind, and Amon Ra is the type of guy that gets a lot of short volume pass work. Yeah. I can see the, his receptions alone getting him up into that C range. It, I could even see like a nine for a 58 game where he just he, he just gets nine a bunch of receptions, nine. and there's your too. points. Yep. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, a B grade. Last year, the Eagles gave up the most receptions and touchdowns to tight ends. They were a constant take a chance on me. They were. Let's find yes. the tight end play the Eagles, and this is it paid this off week. a lot. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson was a little harder to trust last year, but in a perfect matchup like this, he gets a B grade. <laughs> Uh, DeAndre Swift, also a B grade, despite possibly missing two offensive linemen. Swift is so versatile out of the backfield that he catches so many passes while behind. At one point last year, midseason, he 79% of his receptions came in the second half while trailing. Wow. They use Jeez. him a ton once they get behind, and I see that happening here. He's going to get you to that B grade with the rush yards, receiving yards, and the receptions. Uh, I don't trust Jay Will just quite yet. No, I need I to see a rollout of that. Certainly will have to. Raiders and Chargers, Matt, played one of the most thrilling games of last regular season in the epic Week 18 winning in overtime game. They immediately get the rematch here. Raiders, Chargers. Yeah. Um, well, the Chargers only allowed 11 touchdowns to wide receivers last year. Three of them went to Hunter Renfro, yeah. by the way. Uh, he gets a B grade. Devontae Adams gets an A. Bryce Callahan was their weak link. He mans the slot. That's Renfro. J.C. Jackson might not go in this one. He's looking pretty doubtful, which would leave Asante Samuel Jr. in likely shadow coverage on Adams. Asante was the 89th ranked corner by Pro Football Focus last year, so I like Adams a lot. 
in his first game with his new team. Mm-hmm. Darren Waller, not on the injury report, so I'll give him a B grade. Uh, Waller has scored in three of his past four meetings with the Chargers. Drew Tranquil usually covers the tight end for the Chargers, and he allowed 29 of the 33 targets in his coverage to be caught last season. Wow, and the Chargers allowed good. 13 touchdowns to the tight end position last year. Yeah. That was second most in the league. Derek Carr gets a B grade. Uh, a couple of bad newses and a good news here. Bad news? He's been held under 200 passing yards in each of his last four meetings with L.A. Good news, he's thrown for multiple touchdowns in three of those four, and now he's got Devontae Adams. Mm. But then the bad news, his offensive line looked terrible so far in the preseason, so he's going to have to get rid of the ball quite quickly in this one. So just a B grade there, even though I like his receivers a little bit more. Josh Jacobs and Zamir White, I'm going to keep them both on the bench. Um, I don't trust the fact that this might be a straight-up committee approach under Josh McDaniels. Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdullah could factor in a bunch too. It would not shock me to see each of the Raiders runners held to fewer than 10 touches in this game. So I'll take this week off of their runners and what should be a shootout. Even Josh Jacobs. All right. Even Josh Jacobs. Okay. Uh, On the other side, Air Bear, he gets an A. Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen, he gets an A. Mike Williams, he gets an A. Josh Palmer, he gets a C. You're just handing out A's. Yeah, A's all over the place. Except for Josh Palmer, who apparently you hate. Uh, Yeah, the (laughs) cornerback group of Rock Yasin, Anthony Averett, Nate Hobbs, and Amik Robertson, who's only 5'8", are all positive matchups for the Chargers wideouts. That might be one of the worst secondaries in football. They might try to flex their best corner Hobbs in on Keenan Allen, but that's still a mismatch. So I like everybody in the passing game, including Gerald Everett, who I'll give a yes. C grade to. I it like doesn't look like Donald Parham will play this week. I know. And I love Donald Parham. Me I'm, just, too. I'm, I'm waiting for the big breakout to come. No. We just get healthy, please. Yeah. Ladarius Green, when's his breakout going to come? Too? <laughs> I know it's so Seriously. Uh, <laughs> so Everett's going to get all the tight end snaps this week against a Raiders defense that allowed the third most touchdowns to tight ends last Last year, uh, in a year in a week where I have George Kittle in a lot of leagues, Gerald Everett's the guy I've been pivoting to a lot for my roster. If Kittle doesn't go, Austin Eckler, he's the last guy I'm going to mention. He gets an A grade. The Chargers must not have been totally enthusiastic about Isaiah Spiller since they signed Sony yeah. Walkman Michelle late in camp. That leads me to believe it's all Eckler this week. In his two meetings with the Raiders last year. 145 total yards and two touchdowns, 99 total yards and two touchdowns. He's going to have a great week. In fact, I'm going to give Austin Eckler my fantasy aardvark. Um, Yes, you are. There he is. There's the fantasy aardvark making his first appearance of the year. He's here. Yay. Mm. Everybody excited for fantasy aardvark. (laughs) 49ers take on the Bears. Weather expected to be a big factor in this game. Be sure to track it as they're uh, currently forecasting heavy rain and winds in Chicago. Uh, Let's begin on the San Francisco side. Debo Samuel, an obvious A. He put up 171 yards in last year's meeting against Chicago. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, also an A grade in this game. Last year, the Bears had a league-high opposing run rate and Pro Football Focus's 31st-ranked defensive line. It's uh, And honestly, the the, the offseason changes might make that even a worse a worse group now. Mitchell tallied a season-best 137 yards in last year's meeting, including almost eight yards per carry, which I believe is pretty good. Mitchell does not chip in with a lot of catches, but you will not need them. A grade for Elijah Mitchell. Hmm. A lot of people uh, drafted Trey Lance on the hope and promise of big things, and it should start nicely here. Uh, This is a very soft landing spot. Chicago allowed the second-most passing touchdowns and the second-most rushing touchdowns 
quarterback rushing touchdowns last year. Combine that together with Trey Lance, and it's an ideal opportunity. The Bears added two second-round picks to their awful secondary, but they're going to get completely (laughs) overwhelmed by the 49ers' talented receivers. Heck, get this. Jimmy Garoppolo ran in two touchdowns against the Bears last year. If Garoppolo can do it, I like Trey Ch- Lance's chances of doing the same. Garoppolo, if he does it, there should be a quarterback controversy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Brandon Ayuk. No. Um, I think star cornerback Jalen Johnson's going to track Debo Samuel pretty closely. That puts Ayuk on a lot of second round rookie Kyler Gordon making his first ever NFL start. Ayuk coming off a great training camp by all reports. He's got the deep speed to get under Trey Lance's long passes. Something we never got from Jimmy Garoppolo. B grade. I'm Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle uh, nursing a groin injury. It doesn't look like he's going to go here. But even if he plays, that groin injury could limit his running and his Mm -hmm. downfield abilities here. You're probably going to have to watch this one from the sideline unless we get late word that Kittle's in good shape. Let's go over to Chicago where we've only got a couple of starters here. We're going to start with Justin Fields, who is on the bench. (laughs) It's Nick Bosa against fifth-round rookie left tackle Braxton Jones in a massive mismatch that's going to have Justin Fields running for his life throughout this camp, this game. This is your best chance of fantasy success. Really, it's just scrambling for mm-hmm. Justin Fields. We can't count on that. Um, if his legs don't provide fantasy points, you might be stuck because the pocket time for Fields is going to be a massive issue in this game. It and could be year. negative, actually. Ne- negative passing time? Yeah. He could be sacked before the ball gets to him. Exactly. I like the sound of that. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa could do that in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got just a C grade on Darnell Mooney. A lot of optimism around the league for Mooney, but I see Fields getting terrorized, and then I see a, a lot of double coverage for Mooney coming, including solid cornerback Emmanuel Mosley. Mooney put up a modest six catches, 64 yards, and did not score in the meeting last year. And the only other uh, receiving option to note is Cole Komet put up a totally nondescript game against the Niners last year, but I'll note that the now departed Jesse James got a short touchdown in that game, so at least a, t- a tight end did score. As in, he left the team. I don't think he's departed. Right he's, he's not, not <laughs> dearly departed, Jesse James. Uh, Niners were an elite tight end defense last year. After Week One, they only gave up two. Uh, only two tight ends topped the meager milestone of 27 yards all year, and they only gave up four touchdowns all year to the position C grade on Cole Komet. And lastly, David Montgomery. Also a C grade here. San Francisco boasts last year a a run defense last year that ranked top six according to Pro Football Focus. They gave up the seventh fewest rushing yards to running backs last year. And by ESPN's team run stop win rate, the 49ers are the third best defensive line, and they return all seven of their frontline starters here. So a brutal game script coming that could easily turn against David Montgomery. There's not a lot to like here. And just the C grade for David Montgomery in this game. When we come back, take a chance on me. Nine players you would not normally start. We'll tell you who all of these players are. You get three quarterbacks, three running backs, three receivers. Find some guys. You got maybe you got injury issues. Maybe the maybe the draft just didn't fall your way at some positions. We are here to help. Take a chance on me. Coming up next on Fantasy Football Weekly. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. on me nine players not normally in your starting lineup many of these players available on the waiver wire right now in fact all three of mine are probably i'd say 70 percent on waiver wires maybe more for all of my players we begin at the quarterback position scott who's your take a chance on me quarterback yeah, I'm going with Jameis Winston. Uh, people like to rag on his 33 touchdown, 30 interception year with Tampa, but last year he had a 14 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio and averaged over two touchdowns per game. His yardage wasn't there at the start, but progressively got better. He averaged uh, about five rush attempts per game, so it's going to get you an extra three to nine points on the ground. Um, he gets a Falcons D with the league's worst pressure rate, so they're not going to get to him, and that allowed the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks last year. Um, they're projected but to be the worst defense again this year by multiple uh, outlets. And people worried about, does he still sling it? Well, last year, um, 
Last year, he was top 10 in deep ball throws, so he still slings it. He, he was top 10 in uh, average, depth of tar- average depth of target as well. That which does not surprise anybody, given Jameis Winston's YOLO passing styling. Exactly. Perhaps, it wasn't gone. It wasn't gone. Perhaps to Michael Thomas. We'll YOLO is a good nickname for him. It mm-hmm. is? Yeah. Uh, your take a chance on me quarterback, Matt. I, I, I've got General Davis Mills, who's playing against the Colts this week. He's mm. never thrown a touchdown pass against the Colts in two tries. Well, he didn't start either game of note. Uh, he started one. Maybe? Okay. Yeah. Um, the Colts had an iffy pass defense early in the year last year, but allowed no 300-yard games from Week 10 on last season. So why am I using General Mills here? Uh, because there's a few bright spots. First, the Colts gave up the second most touchdown passes in the league last year. Yep. Second, the addition of a decent running game should help Mills see the field quite a bit better. Third, I don't trust the Colts' secondary. Stephen Gilmore is 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Kenny Moore, who I'm going to cover a little bit later, gave up the most yards in slot coverage. And finally, in five of Mills' last seven games of 2021, he topped 300 passing yards or threw for multiple scores. He's just putting up good numbers. My quarterback uh, was originally Davis Mills, and I got off of And I still like Davis Mills, but I decided to... Amp up the difficulty. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm just taking the easy uh, easy, road. That's right, with Davis Mills. Trevor Lawrence, a horrific fantasy performer last year. Wait a minute. (laughs) But a possible spot starter against a woeful secondary that returns the same players from last year, including one of the biggest free agent busts of 2021, William Jackson. Playing against Washington, by the way, I should mention. PFF graded Washington as the 27th ranked pass defense last year, and that closely corresponds to their 30th ranking in yards allowed and dead last ranking in touchdowns allowed. And as a bonus, Lawrence is fairly nimble, and the commanders finished dead last in quarterback rushing yards allowed and second to last in quarterback rushing touchdowns allowed. Yeah. You know, one way or another, Trevor Lawrence could get end up getting it done here. It's, it's a good pick. I like that Let's one. go to the running back position. You're taking a chance to me, runner, Scott. Yeah, I'm going over to the Seattle Seahawks with Travis Homer. It sounds like Ken Walker is not going to go at all. And we're, he's playing, Travis Homer is playing against the Broncos, who allowed the ninth most receiving yards and receiving touchdowns and highest yards per reception to running backs last year. Travis Homer, a receiving back specialist. Uh Travis, I, I believe that uh, Rashad Penny and Travis Homer are going to split because there's there's a lot of injuries in that backfield right now, and they're going to want to keep Penny healthy until Walker's back. The, Den- the Denver Broncos allowed 26 touches per game to running backs. I think they split it pretty evenly, and Homer gets, gets some points out there. All right, Matt, your running back. Take a chance on me, player. I've got Raheem must start Mostert. Oh, nice. Uh, there's a couple of things working in Mostert's favor this week. First off, Chase Edmonds popped up midweek with a groin strain. Now, he was back practicing in full on Thursday, but those kind of injuries tend to have a way of recurring and rearing their ugly head. Uh, so that makes me pause a little bit on Chase Edmonds. Second, new head coach Mike McDaniel comes from San Fran, where Mostert was on the roster for years and years. There's familiarity with this offense. He's not going to be surprised by anything. And finally, the Pats gave up some odd games down the stretch to backup-style runners. Mm. D. Ernest Johnson, Dontrell Hilliard, and Deonta Foreman each put up over 110 total yards against New England from Week 10 on. So Mostert, kind of an intriguing play this week. Hmm. 
My take a chance of me runner is Baltimore running back Mike Davis, your probable starter for this game. Don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to have a big workload in his first game back from the torn ACL and the opponents, the Jets. It's they were the league's worst run defense last year. They gave up 167 total yards to running backs per game. If Mike Davis is going to get half of a, just half of the 167 yards. Yeah. The Jets gave up last year. If it rolls to this year, that's great. They gave up 1.7 scores to running backs. Also league worst. If Mike Davis is going to get half of that, that puts him on a touchdown yeah. and 80 and 83 and a half yards. We'll, we'll, we'll certainly take that. Yes. Um, yeah. Will the Jets be a little better than that? Well, probably, but not a lot. Let's go to the wide receiver yeah. position. Just to add on to that, yeah. I I don't think Dobbins plays honestly. You think he's L- not Lamar Jackson said he's probably a few weeks away, so I'm I I don't know that he plays. Yeah, that even even better. That, so, if that if that happens, yeah, Kenyon Drake also becomes yes. an option. Yeah, absolutely, stage. absolutely. Uh, my wide receiver is Chris Olave. I just mentioned Jameis Winston's deep ball. I actually undersold it. He was fifth in average depth of target last year and second in deep throw what, rate. You just look this up now. No. <laughs> No, I had him in two different places on my piece of paper, and I was trying to remember it off the top of my head. Uh, Atlanta was Atlanta allowed the sixth most touchdowns, wide receivers, fifth most receptions. Yardage was pretty middle of the pack, but because of that YOLO ball ability and Mike Thomas's injury, his hamstring, he only practiced limited all week. Chris Olave is really only going to need one big play, and if there's if Thomas doesn't play the full game, he might get a lot of work. All right. Uh, Matt, yeah. your take a chance of me receiver. Uh, that'd be Chase Muddy Waters Claypool. Mm. Uh, Claypool looks destined for slot duties this year as they've jettisoned Juju, which means the 6'4", 227-pound Chase Claypool will match up with 5'9", 187-pound <laughs> Mike Hilton. Yeah. That's a mismatch of 7 inches and 40 pounds. Hilton gave up the third most yards in the NFL in slot coverage last year. And in Claypool's four career games against the Bengals, he had one outstanding game with two touchdowns and two other games over 80 receiving yards. Chase Claypool is going to be a problem in the slot this year. Yeah. That is a big slot. That is a big slot receiver. And most we thought Bolden was a big slot. Claypool is a big slot. Absolutely. That is going to be an issue. My and our final take a chance on me player. Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, you got to pick your spots here. He brings exactly one skill set to the table. Run fast and run straight. That's good enough to put MVS into the end zone against a very shaky Arizona secondary. Over the offseason, Arizona lost its best pass rusher, Chandler Jones, and its best cornerback, Robert Alford. And what remains looks like a deeply flawed Cardinals secondary. Cornerbacks Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy were PFF's 109th and 80th ranked cornerbacks last year, and their other cornerback and is uh, other cornerback expected to be journeyman Antonio Hamilton, who has three NFL starts to his name, and that is it. Uh, we'll move on to our next set of matchups in just a second, Matt. You've got a you've got a new interesting game to talk about. Oh yeah, uh, we just we just dropped a new game over at League Safe this week called League Safe Locks, and it's an app I've been working on for a while, similar similar to the shock fantasy prop bet games it's absolutely free to play free to download a new game every week Uh, you select the answers to 10 multiple choice fantasy questions and the rare answers earn you more points if you uh if you get your question right you get the points if you get it wrong you get zero and if you score the most points in a week you win a share of the one thousand dollar jackpot every week 
It's available on the App Store or Google Play or check it out at leaguesafe.com slash locks. It's free to play. Free. Absolutely free. Saints take on the Falcons, Scott. Mm-hmm. And you've already talked about a bunch of Saints here. I know. So why don't you piggyback uh, off the – let's go with the the rest of the guys we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. So Winston, James Winston and Chris Olave were take a chance on me players. Yep. Let's go over to Michael Thomas, who I'm only giving a C grade to because he hasn't played in two years and he's dealing with a hamstring injury that mm-hmm. has led to zero full practices this last week. So if he – assuming he goes, I've already mentioned Atlanta – bottom six in most touchdowns, most receptions, yardage, et cetera, last year. The vast majority of that damage was done on the outside, which could be good for Thomas and Olave, um, where they ranked second worst in the league. They were actually 12th best against the slot last year, which has Landry on the bench for me. Um, Mm. yeah, this uh, Thomas, if he does go is likely going to basically Thomas and Lave are going to have to deal with AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward on the outsides, which is pretty decently tough tough matchups. Mm -hmm. That's why they're getting C grades for me. Uh, in the running game, Alvin Kamara, I got him with an A grade. I do. The the Falcons allowed the 10th most rushing yards and the 7th most rushing touchdowns. They also allowed the 9th most receptions and 12th most receiving. Their bottom 12 against running backs in rushing and receiving last year. Prime spot for Kamara who, against the Falcons who had lost their best starting linebacker, Deion Jones, who has played on IR just recently. Yeah, uh, He gets replaced with former undrafted free agent Rashawn Evans, who they signed to a one-year deal uh, off the Titans where he was mostly a part-time player. Uh, I, I have him as a top 10 back this week. He averaged 110 yards and scored five times in his six full games with Winston last year. Six Good full side. games with we'll Winston. Take, we'll take a, almost yeah. a touchdown his, per game. His average is 110 yards and basically a touchdown per game. Also four catches a game with Winston. A grade there. Over on Atlanta's side, honestly, there isn't a lot for me to start. I have Mariota on the bench. I need to see how he runs that offense. And mm-hmm. the Saints were a top 10 D against fantasy quarterbacks last year. Uh, they traded Chauncey Gardner, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, lost both their starting safeties, brought in Tyron Matthews. So it's a slightly different defense. But in the second half of last season, no QB top 260 yards and only had one had multiple touchdown day. Yeah, I got Mariota. Yeah, I got Mariota on the bench. I got Drake London on the bench as well because it's going to be his first game. And he also, dealing with a knee injury that he got in the first preseason game, you might remember it looked really bad, but they they were optimistic about it. But he's still been not practicing and limited practice, and that's all he's been putting in so far. He may play, but I can't trust him in this one. Uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going an A grade here. Probably. <laughs> just, well, j- you kind of have to. J- he's the only guy I trust to actually make plays here. Uh, <laughs> he probably just deserves an A grade on talent and scarcity at the tight end position this week alone. Uh, add in the fact they'll be trailing and uh, <laughs> trailing, and the Saints were fourth worst against the slot wide receivers last year. <laughs> so let's put Pitts on an A grade here. Uh, Cordero Patterson and the whole running game I actually have on the bench uh, the Saints allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards and they actually allowed very few receiving yards to back They, the only two games they allowed a lot of receiving yards to backs were Patterson last year and McCaffrey last year but they stopped using Patterson like that and I have no faith that they're going to bring that back the way they used it last year until I see it so I have him on the bench too you know one thing going back to the Saints side of this that I think bears bears watching 
is the status of their left tackle. You know, Taron Armstead left in free agency. His backup was Trevor Penning, who they put a first-round pick onto. He's on IR, and he's going to miss at least half the season as the expectation. They're down to a third-string guy named James Hurst, and he's hurt too. This left tackle could be a big problem for this whole Saints, uh, this whole Saints offense. Oh boy, more I've like got... left turn style. Yeah, oh boy, that may be the case. That'll be something we'll want to watch going uh, up to Sunday. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue motoring through the various matchups around the NFL, including Patriots taking on the Dolphins. Is this the Ramondre Stevenson awakening? Find out when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Matt Harrison with you. You can follow us on Twitter at Paul Charchi and at ScottFish24 mm-hmm. and at Explosive Output. Yeah. And we're still making fresh, brand new, hot off the presses, guillotine leagues. Mm. It's not too late to jump into a guillotine league. You know the format. You know how it works. 18 teams start the season. Every week, the low-scoring team gets cut. There's no head-to-head play. And when that team gets cut, all of their players go to the waiver wire. And pandemonium ensues. <gasps> well done, ScottFish. And you get to build a superstar lineup. All you have to do is not finish last. You don't have to be the best. 
just don't be the worst. You can keep Guillotine joining Guillotine now. Leagues well into the season, too, because yeah. it just changes the amount of people in the yeah. league. Yeah, we'll start after week one. We'll start 17-team Guillotine Leagues. Perfect. Then 16, and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to our next matchup, which is the Patriots at the Dolphins. And there's a sneaky revenge angle. A Brian Johnson patented revenge angle oh, in this game. Yeah, Did he patent it? He got the patent. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. I, I, I think it's so, patent pending. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the utility patent on it. <laughs> obviously, we're going to start with the Devontae Parker revenge game. He's on the bench as he most likely will draw his former teammate, Xavier Howard, for most of the game. And Howard is one of the better shutdown corners in the league, and he's the only one Miami has. If you flex into the slot, you'll find Jacoby Myers facing off against Nick Needham, who allowed 72% of his passes and coverage to be caught last year. Mm. Myers was targeted 17 times in the two meetings with the Dolphins last year. Wow. And I think that volume could be expected again, so I'll give Myers a C grade. Hunter Henry could be a desperation start if you're missing a guy like George Kittle this week. In his last meeting with the Dolphins, he was able to go for five catches and 86 yards. And of, and of course, he did score nine times last year. Oh you don't say. Yeah. Nine, nine times. Nine. Fascinating. Nine times. So I can give him a, a, a low-grade C. Let's see if all the preseason talk about integrating Janu Smith more into this offense actually comes to life this I year. don't believe that will happen at all. I do. Okay. Uh, Mac Jones is on the bench. Nobody liked what they saw from Jones in the preseason. He didn't put up huge numbers against the Finns last year either. Plus, every quarterback in the league is healthy right now, so you're starting someone else. Right. Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris both get a B from me. Uh, both will probably see in the neighborhood of 14 to 15 touches, unless Ty Montgomery just bombs the whole thing mm. and becomes the pass-catching <laughs> uh, back. Hope, let's oh, hope gosh, not. He is questionable for this let's week, hope but um, let's hope. Yeah. So Harris scored in eight of nine games last year when getting 14 touches or more. Mm -hmm. Stevenson scored in two of three games last year when getting 14 touches or more. All indications point to the Pats running the ball at least 75 times per game, so this seems like a lock. That's a lot. That 75. is. It, yeah, that, all their plays, 100% of them. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the other side. I'm giving Hill an A, Waddle a B. Waddle returned to practice earlier in the week and seems ready to go. It mm -hmm. looks like he'll match up most often with Jonathan Jones, who is New England's weakest cover corner, according to Pro Football Focus last year. Hill moved around a lot in Kansas City, and I expect him to be deployed in even crazier ways in Miami. Uh, he'll match up with Jalen Mills for the most part, who's mm -hmm. a better run stopper than a cover corner. He's also slow. And Tyreek Hill is not. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I'm leaving Mike Gesicki on the bench, though. Pat safety Kyle Duggar does most of the tight end coverage, and he's one of the better cover safeties in the league. In six career games against New England, Gesicki's only scored once and has a high watermark of 34 yards. Tua, he gets a C grade. And with Hill getting an A and Waddle getting a B, why does Tua get the C? Well, it's low depth of target. He's reliant on his receivers breaking big ones. What if they deploy Hill from the backfield like Debo? Yeah. And five of his touches are runs, and he breaks one of those. And Hill gets the good points there, yep. and Tua gets no credit for it. Uh, Tua only topped 250 yards once in the final nine games of 2021. And the New England pass rush is really good so i think two is going to be under pressure a lot and then uh raheem mostert was my take a chance on me runner there's also the running back situation of chase edmonds miles gaskin salvin ahmed edmonds popped up on the injury report with the groin strain which i mentioned but was a full participant 
I, I'm, st- I'm going to give Edmonds a C grade because I think he'll catch enough passes to be relevant. Yeah. The Pats allowed the ninth most receptions to the running back position last year. So I, I think he'll still be in play in the passing game, but I think Mostert probably gets more rushing in wow. this game hmm. than All right. Chase Edmonds. Hmm. That's, uh, that'll be, if this Mostert thing play, plays out the way you're describing, that will be surprising to many. Yeah. But Interesting. Probably surprising to everybody. I'm more on tour than you are. <laughs> I'm more on tour than you are. But okay. Uh, just planting my flag on that. Uh, let's go to the Ravens taking on the Jets. Uh, this is a going to be a one-sided affair in all expectation. Mark Andrews is an obvious A. Lamar Jackson, obviously, did not get the contract extension on Friday. That deadline, that self-imposed deadline has passed, and it appears, unless something changes, that he's headed to free agency in the offseason. Oh, man. He's headed for a franchise tag and a possible trade. That's possible. Yeah. Uh, in time, Jets cornerback Sauce Gardner will probably help a struggling Jets secondary, but in his first NFL game, I don't think he can overcome all the other problems in that Jets secondary. Cornerback DJ Reed isn't half bad, but Seattle let him walk, which says plenty about DJ Reed. The rest of the secondary is just flat yeah. bad. Seattle is a bad defensive Right, and field. if they don't want you, they, that's, oh boy. that's a bad sign. Um, obviously, Jackson can win fantasy matchups with his legs as well. So A grade on Lamar Jackson. I already told you uh, that Mike Davis was my take a chance on me uh, running back. J.K. Dobbins, uh, let's talk about him for a minute now. Scott, you've got a theory that J.K. Dobbins may not go in this game. Just, just Lamar's statements that that he might be a couple weeks away from being ready. I know that he's practice limited, and uh, <laughs> there's a chance. I know he's going to be listed as questionable. I just, I don't see them risking it. Uh, let's talk about. I I think Dobbins gets six, eight, maybe you ten touches. I think okay. he's active, and he gets. But if he is active, it won't be a lot. And I think the safe approach is to just take a week to wait and see on J.K. Dobbins. But I think if he's active, I think he wants in there active, just so that all those dunks him. he made on the media actually mean oh, something. Oh, I know. He, emotionally, <laughs> if, I think if he's he out, it. then <laughs> if if Dobbins is active, I believe he plays in this game because why not? Otherwise, just leave him inactive. So right. if he's active, then you can, and you think eight touches can help you. That might be enough for a C grade against the Jets. <laughs> terrible run defense, as I outlined earlier. Rashad Bateman gets a B. The Jets secondary was graded as the third worst unit by Pro Football Focus last season. Uh, a lot of, as I mentioned, Sauce Gardner. Uh, Gardner, super fast, uh, tall, but Bateman should have the edge against a rookie making his first ever start. So we'll give a B grade to Rashad Bateman as the only other target that seems likely to get any action here. And speaking of likely... Isaiah Likely. Yes. Ooh, I have I to start him because of Kittle. And I, really? I'm doing yeah. the same thing because of Kittle. Kittle, yeah. yep. Kittle is uh, Kittle's a problem for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Likely is a is a frequent pivot. Many of us believe, and I'm in this group, that he's going to be a, a designated a tight end, but he's going to stand up in the slot a lot. Yeah. And there's not any other receiver. They love him there, too. Is I, he a mini Kyle Pitts? I think he is. He's Ooh. a slightly smaller version of Kyle Pitts. And I... I can't put his, I can't put a letter grade on him. I've got Isaiah Likely on the bench. It's all Wait speculation. <laughs> you can't put a letter grade on I him. I can't, but he's on the bench, but I'm, we're still going to watch Isaiah Likely very closely here. Uh, Jets side, Joe Flacco gets the start, and he is a C grade here, undrafted in most leagues. Quasi-viable, maybe just for garbage time. In his last three starts, all with the Jets, by the way, spanning the last two seasons, Joe Flacco, two, two, and three touchdowns in his last three starts. Uh, Ravens, middle of the pack uh, defense and middle of the pack pass rush defense. Um, I am worried about his blind side. Left tackle is a real issue. Uh, Makai Becton is out, and his backup, who they signed, Dwayne Brown, looks like a question mark to play with a shoulder injury. So that could be a problem for uh, Flacco. But garbage time should ensue here. And I like Elijah Moore with a B grade. 
finished last year with a dominating December, you may recall. Runs from all over the field, so the Jets can scheme him towards the Ravens' worst cornerback. Last year, that was Kyle Fuller. But he's also going to see some of the veterans, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, and really just lukewarm about those matchups. Peters missed all of last year with injury, um, although it had been pretty good prior to that. But still, comes off could be rusty in this game. I like Elijah Moore at a B-grade level. Um, I don't have any starting grades on any of the other receivers, including rookie Garrett Wilson. He could roll the dice on a deep hookup, and he's got deep speed, but I think I'm just going to watch and wait for a better matchup on him and see how this thing uh, ends up looking. And to the running backs, Michael Carter atop the depth chart, at least for the moment. He's your lead back here, not Brees Hall. Uh, quietly, by the way, Michael Carter, non-sucky on a very sucky Jets team last year. He was a pro football-focused top 20 running back overall. He ranked 11th in yards after contact, third in pro football Focus's elusiveness rating last year for Michael Carter. Um, the good news kind of ends there. Uh, Ravens were a top 10 run defense last year by yards, touchdowns, and PFF grade, and the game script could easily turn against Carter if Joe Flacco's not up to the job and they end up having to pass. So a C grade on Michael Carter and just a... Uh, for Brees Hall, just a B grade, or sorry, bench grade, because we have yeah. to wait and see until it Brees seems Hall like Michael Carter's the starter. Michael Carter's your starter. Does. Yeah, yeah. we got to watch this thing play itself out. So, yeah, that's our that's our current situation with that. Uh, we've got about two minutes left. I don't think we have time to work in another matchup. But let you me, sure, let me well, yeah. if you can go quickly. Scott, you're next. It's Browns Panthers. Yeah, on the Browns really side. Fast. Yeah, on the Browns side, Jacoby Brissett last year averaged 218 yards and a touch, just under a touchdown a game. You're not starting him against a Carolina defense that was third against QBs, sixth against wide receivers, and fifth best against running backs. I actually have the whole passing game on the bench, except for Amari Cooper, who I think sees a decent enough amount of volume as basically the only option. I have right. a C grade on him. Nick Chubb, I have a B grade and Hunt a C-grade. The Browns uh, average 30 to th or just under 35 touches per game, mm. split about 20 to 15 between those two. That kind of volume against this team, especially with catches out of Hunt, gives them a B-grade and a C-grade. I think they get the lead, and I think they run this game on defense and running the ball. Makes sense. Over on the Carolina side, there's a lot better QB options than Mayfield, especially against a, Cle or especially against a Cleveland team that was top 10 against uh, quarterbacks last year. I have a B-grade on DJ Moore. He's just a stud when healthy. He's going to get Greedy Williams or Denzel Ward, which is a tough matchup, but Mayfield's going to target him enough. He's going to get enough volume that I have a B-grade on him there, just basically on volume. And Christian McCaffrey, an A-grade. Top five fantasy back, four of his five healthy games last year, and he has proven to be almost completely matchup proof when healthy, even against top ten defenses. Masterful job sneaking wow. that, that matchup in. Well done. I man. like Turbo Scott Fish. I, 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 where's he been all our lives? We love that. Well done. Uh, when we come back, three tough questions. You can play along, see if you can go 3-0. and oh. We will also break down the Colts versus the Texans Ooh. as well. Did you know all of my week one player rankings available for free at guillotineleagues.com? All of your tough bench start questions can be answered. Guillotineleagues.com. We encourage you to check that out. Uh, and again, when we come back, three tough questions. Plus, we'll break down the remaining games, including... Very pivotal Jaguars and Commanders. It's going to be a riveting game. We're riveting. going to spend eight to ten minutes on all the, the detailed nuances of Jaguars Commanders when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Our number two... Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Matt Harrison with you. This is a game we like to call Three Tough Questions. Tough question number one. That would help if I had the questions in front of me. Mm. Okay. Tough question number one. <laughs> you can blame me. Uh, yeah, it's all Robbie's fault. Um, that's We're going to go with Robbie's fault. Which Falcons running back will finish with the most fantasy points? Scott. And by the way, this is our, that's our last chance to do like season-long Mm-hmm. Predictions, right? This yeah. is this is it. We're not going to do Bears. Uh, we're not going to do Bills. Rams because they already played. Mm. Uh, so these, all three of these questions are season long. Based although, questions. although Bills and Rams would be good running back questions <laughs> right now. They, they, now. I almost did pivot to some of those. Uh, which Falcons running back will finish with the most fantasy points, Scott? Pass. <laughs> You're right. You win. Okay. Uh, I put Cordero Patterson just on hopes they figured out how to use them again. And he is the listed starter. They want to get him more involved in the passing game, which in most fantasy leagues that exist right now have half or full PPR. So those receptions are, they, they bring him in. They have uh, on the goal line. He has a lot of usage there. I fear that. And we thought this all off season that, that Williams was going to be the guy early, the early down work early in the season Algier would take over later I think the fact that he's gonna they're gonna split like that and Mm -hmm. Patterson's gonna have a role all season 
makes it Patterson. All right, Matt, which Falcons running back is going to finish with the most fantasy points? Scott touched on a few, but I got Cordero Patterson. Uh, out of the top 14 running backs in PPR scoring last year, only two finished with fewer than 35 receptions on the season. And in 2020, it was only three of the top 14. Patterson had 52 receptions last year. That was tied for sixth most among all running backs. And he finished at the number 12 running back overall. I don't see a massive downturn in the reception part of his game. So unless Tyler Algier scores 13 touchdowns somehow, I think Patterson's the top Falcon runner. I wanted to say somebody other than Cordero Patterson, but I just I can't make a convincing case for Damian Williams or, or rookie right. Tyler Algier. Uh, based on the information we have today anyway, unless, unless, unless. The, the Falcons are being super tricky with their depth chart. Uh-huh. And they secretly love Tyler Algier, and they know he's awesome, but they're being crafty and putting him third on the depth chart. You, mm. you know what? I know a guy really close to this situation <laughs> and close to Tyler Algier. <laughs> oh, really? And he's that so would be Tyler, Tyler Algier. <laughs> and he Tyler. drafted himself yes. in a that league I'm in with him. Mm. Uh, so Williams- Over Cordero Patterson? Yeah, well, I don't know that. that. Wow. I can that check would, that. Yeah, you should check that. <laughs> I'm going to check uh, we're that. We're going to rule out Williams on his fourth team in five years. And for Algiers, just nothing. He had a very vanilla preseason. Preseason games didn't look special. Nobody talking him up through training camp. It just it leaves Patterson, even though we all expect less volume than last year in an effort to keep him productive past Thanksgiving. But I just think there's nobody there. I'm going to mention this. You know, we all think of him as a pass catching running back because he played wide receiver. The last half of last year, and he was he was very good early on. Mm-hmm. The last half of last year, which is a long time, by the way, the second half of the season, he averaged 1.8 catches per game. Mm. That's it. Tough question number two. Which. Seahawks running back will finish with the most fantasy points. Matt. Well, Ken Walker's returning from some sort of hernia or maybe not hernia injury. They're being kind of coy about that. Who knows how long that'll take for him to return. Uh, Rashad Penny isn't injured quite yet, but he's only played six games in a row twice in his three-year career. That doesn't bode very well. And he's already been injured once this preseason. Yeah. Travis Homer will be their leading rusher in at least one game this year, for sure. (laughs) Okay. But I'm going to go with Walker because I think that he's probably going to be back to full strength by October, which is about the time that Penny will get hurt. And then I think Ken Walker never gives the job back. Scott, which Seahawks running back will finish with the most fantasy points? I put Rashad Penny, but I hate it. Um, in games, he has at least 14 touches. He has absolutely crushed, averaging over 100 yards and scoring in all but one. Uh, as long as he's healthy, he's likely to put up numbers. I'm worried about this injury with Walker, when he's going to be ready, if he's going to be dealing with stuff like that all year. Uh, these are just gross. Why did you do this to us, Charge? <laughs> they, they, were, they were actually tough. and They, they were tough. They were three gross questions, though. Scott's right. They're not mutually exclusive no. things. Gross and tough. Is that it, Scott? Are you done? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was it. I, I want to be done. Um, <laughs> I am also a Rashad Penny skeptic. He had the massive surge from de- uh, December 12th forward last year. But here are his averages in Rashad Penny's 31 games that preceded last December 12th. Mm-hmm. Five carries, 28 yards, and 0.2 touchdowns per game. That's it. I'm not buying the recency. And especially when Penny needs to succeed behind Pro Football Focus's 32nd ranked offensive line. Oh, they're worse than the Bears? They're worse than the Bears. Wow. Ba- I don't think they actually are, but Pro Football Focus thinks they are. The Seahawks' first four games are all against run defenses 
that finished in the top half of the league in yards per carry allowed. So when Penny is ineffective or hurt in October, as Matt correctly said, Kenneth Walker is going to be healed from his hernia or whatever and then come back and never give up the lead. The correct answer is Kenneth Walker. I like the hernia I like or it. whatever. Tough question I'd rather number be Walker. three. Which Eagles running back will finish with the most fantasy points? Scott. Stop. Stop. Uh, just an update. Tyler Algier took himself 10-01. Patterson went in the mid-seventh. Oh. So, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I don't he know. did not take. He did. Yeah, he could have taken. Yeah. He passed on Cordero. He had seven, seven chances. Yep. Seven chances and did not. Uh this one's Miles Sanders for me. I don't want to count on them on the Eagles, remembering how he was used in the past game in 2019, which was 50 catches and highly efficient. It's more of a bet that they they said they wanted Gadewill involved as a pass catcher last year, and it didn't do it. Mm-hmm. When Sanders did go out last year, it was Jordan Howard they picked up a week before and Boston Scott, not Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, do your accent. <laughs> no. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell's really more of a, a a part-time player in the past game if he gets those reps. And Boston Scott, I, I really don't like unless he's playing the Giants. Mm-hmm. Ugly split, but I'm going with Slime. Slime, uh, also known as Miles Sanders. It's an anagram. Have uh, Matt, which Eagles running back will finish with the most fantasy points? I'm going the other direction. I'm going to say Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, I talked up the PPR aspect and how important receptions are. Gainwell had more receptions on much fewer snaps than Miles Sanders last year. Gainwell's also built better for goal line use. Miles Sanders totaled negative five yards on five rushing attempts inside the five last year. Miles Sanders will score a touchdown this year, but Gainwell will be a major part of that committee and seeing how he'll probably catch more passes and he has a shot at the goal line work. I'll take Kenny G. Five foot six Boston Scott seems unlikely to get continued goal line use. Unless the Gi- against the Giants. Like he did last year. Uh, and he doesn't chip in much of anywhere else. Yeah. Kenneth Gainwell just didn't pass the eye test last year. And he didn't contribute much via the ground, especially. And only modestly through the air. And here's the thing that really bothered me about Gainwell. When I went back and looked, I wanted to sell myself. I wanted the answer to be, coming into this question, Kenneth Gainwell. And I wanted to sell myself on him improving over the course of his rookie year. But really, it was the opposite. In fact, his snap count went down dramatically in the second half of the year as he lost faith with his coaching staff. Mm. We got to follow the snaps and the opportunities, and that's all Miles Sanders, who averaged 37 snaps per game. That was double that of Gainwell's and triple that of Boston Scott's. And now, by the way, the correct answer is Miles Sanders. A totally unsubstantiated theory that has no basis in anything other than me talking off the top of my head. Mm, I like these. The Vikings and the Eagles have already consummated a trade Mm -hmm. for Alexander Madison, and they are waiting for the week two game between these two teams to pass. Oh, I love it. Now, oh, I love it wow. so much. Madison Madison took a when unexplained and we don't it's know. It's the why, second half of the Raider trade. Last Thursday. Maybe he found out about that trade last Thursday or something like that. And I don't know. Maybe it wigged him out and he took a day off. I don't know. Maybe it's he wanted totally to go to the state fair or he had a fantasy draft going on with Scott Fish. Maybe that was it. Um, <laughs> Let me check. I don't totally think so, though. unsubstantiated theory of uh, of a trade between it's, the Vikings it, and the Eagles. It's out there now. It's it's basically fact. It, it, no. Basically fact. That's right. <laughs> Even though I have made it very clear there are no facts involved in this at all. Uh, Matt, Colts take on the Texans. You already told us you, like me, love Davis Mills in mm-hmm. this game. Love like Davis Mills in this game. 
Uh, Colts in the two games combined last year, mm-hmm. the score to, the score the combined score in the two oh, games sixty two to three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. No, it was not good. Um, I'll stay on the Texan side to start since we mentioned Davis Mills. He he gets a C. Brandon Cooks gets a B, and Nico gets a C as well. I mentioned Gilmore, who should cover Cooks mostly. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure Cooks at age 28 isn't better at his position than Gilmore at 32. No, I think he is. I Cooks think he is, is too. Cooks saw almost 27 percent of Mills' targets last year. Uh, Nico Collins plays the slot, and he gets burnable. Kenny Moore gave up the most slot yards and touchdowns last year. Uh, the other Texan that we have to mention is Damian Pierce. And yeah, baby, he's like the, he's one of the few rookies that I think is startable this Mm -hmm. week. Like overall, I'm giving him a B grade. Uh, the Colts are going to be missing all pro middle linebacker Shaquille Leonard for this game. That's a huge loss to that defense. And Indy looks great overall on paper against the run. But last year they allowed double digit PPR fantasy days in seven of the last final seven of the final eleven games to running backs, and what we saw in the preseason, oh, that was good stuff. That Let's was go good Damian stuff on Pierce. Damian Pierce. Yeah, uh, he he might be you know just as good as the running back on the other side, Jonathan Taylor, who gets an obvious A grade. By the way, Naheem Hines is startable in a pinch in this one. The Texans were bottom five against running backs last year. Hines saw at least six touches in four of the last five games against Houston. And they're talking about Hines getting a lot of work, yeah, spelling Jonathan you know, Taylor. You here. know who drafted uh, Naheem Hines on his fantasy team? Naheem head, Hines? Head coach Frank Reich. Oh, who, okay. wait, remember a month ago, oh, he's like, right. if I played oh, fantasy, I'd draft Naheem oh, Hines. There we go. Oh, well, we'll see if that pans out. Do you think he'd draft Matt Ryan, who I'm giving a B grade to here? Uh, the Texans were a bottom 10 pass defense last mm-hmm. year, and they'll be missing their best cover corner this week. That's Tavir Thomas. Matt Ryan loves September and October games, by the way. In the past three years, he's passed for over 280 yards or more 18 times in 24 games. That's very good. You know what happened in uh, in November, December? Is Julio Jones was, was gone. always broken down by then, and <laughs> yeah. Calvin Ridley was off the team. That's so, true. Yeah. Uh, Michael Pittman is the only Colts receiver I'm going to start, and I'm giving him an A grade. Uh, Pittman will likely line up against rookie Derek Stingley Jr. Mm-hmm. or Desmond King II, and they both might need their dads to come help cover Pittman. <laughs> Uh, King was the 192nd ranked cover corner by Pro Football Focus last year. Man. I'm not going to start Alec Pierce or Paris Campbell this week. Uh, I'd like to see it's how... It's tempting, though, each, isn't it? Yeah, I want to see how each is deployed first, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's Pittman, and I don't think there's a league that people are in where they're like... I need to start Alec Pierce this week. Well, it's because you're not in enough guillotine yeah, leagues. Yeah, I, I got to be in like these, a 20-team league. These week, one, these week one decisions are tricky. I will say, though, go get him. Alec I like, Pierce? I like uh, Alec is that Pierce a premature, premature speculation? No, there, there's that a lot really of was. premature speculation, people. Wow. Time machine, baby. Double time machine. Jaguars taking on the Commanders. Let me mention this before we dig into the juicy goodness of Jaguars Commanders. Mm. We saw what happened with Cam Akers coming off his Achilles injury, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, totally unused, and what little did a little action that he got on Thursday night amounted to literally nothing, no yards. James Robinson is looking at, I believe, the same kind of thing. They will. I think they may just try to give him some carries yeah. out of loyalty. They claim he's 100%. Right. But yeah. you, know, you know, same thing with Akers, you know, yep. whatever. I just, here's the thing. Travis Etienne's already rostered. So how can you work this to your advantage? I know what it is. It's Snoop-a-loop. Snoop-a-loop, baby. <laughs> Look, 
It's before Sunday. Free agency's open in most leagues. Go get Super Loop. Snoop Connor. Because if you believe like I do that James Robinson is not going to work out at some point in the probably early stages of this this year, and maybe even in week one like Cam Akers, that means Super Loop. it's time. Not yet, though. Does it also mean it's we're going streaking grade. through the quad? <laughs> no, it does not, Okay, as a matter of fact. Jaguar's side of this, we are not starting Snoopaloop, unfortunately. <laughs> what? I know. Uh, not yet. But we are starting Travis Etienne while we're talking about Jaguars running backs. The Commanders had one of the best run defenses in the league last season, holding opposing running backs to just 75 yards per game. That was fifth lowest on only 3.8 yards per carry, which is outstanding. Uh, Fortunately, Etienne's receiving makes him startable here. Last year, Washington gave up a league-worst nine receiving touchdowns Two running backs. Nine times. And in Doug Peterson's last season in Philadelphia, Miles Sanders had his best year, averaging 16 touches per game. Etienne, Miles Sanders, similar skill set. I think some of that translates. He probably gets plenty of usage here. Travis Etienne, a B grade in this game. Let's go to the passing side for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. You heard that earlier. Christian Kirk. Gets a B grade. He's got a favorable matchup against a commander's secondary that finished bottom six in receptions, yards, and touchdowns allowed to opposing receivers. And assuming Christian Kirk continues to run predominantly from the slot, he will face second-year cornerback Ben St. Just, who surrendered a 115 passer rating in seven games as a rookie last year. Even if he gets a little better on that, Christian Kirk with a nice opportunity from the slot. And Marvin Jones gets a C grade. If last year's usage holds, Marvin Jones ran most often from the left side of the field, which would line him up against William Jackson, who finished his pro football focuses cornerback number 88 last year. Jones, by the way, Jones was targeted 120 times last year. Wow. The productivity did not come with it. He just turned it into 800 yards and four touchdowns on 150 balls his way. But if you figure Lawrence's play gets better in year two, if we still get 120 passes to Marvin Jones, it's he'll, the efficiency will be better. The numbers will be better. I don't think he's going to get 120 passes again. He might not now that uh, Christian Kirk is there to yeah. siphon off some of the work, but I think he gets close to that. Let's go to the Washington side. Antonio Gibson, maybe a chip on his shoulder after all that preseason talk of him losing his job or you know him getting moved to special teams. The Jaguars are generous to running backs on the ground in particular. Jacksonville allowed the 11th most rushing yards and the 5th most rushing touchdowns to running backs last year. They had a bottom three defensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. And Gibson's going to get all the rushing work here. The passing down work will go to J.D. McKissick. By the way, Gibson with a B grade. J.D. McKissick with a C grade. Last year, Jaguars shockingly good against receiving running backs, finishing 5th best in receptions, 6th best in yards, And number one in touchdowns allowed with just one. Jaguars' additions of two first-round picks at edge linebacker Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd suggest they can maintain that. So just to see, you know what? I'm moving McKissick to a bench. I talked myself into benching him. him In fact, I'm literally moving him down to the bench area of my notes right now. J.D. McKissick, you're on the bench. Let's go to the passing game. Carson Wentz, for a bad quarterback, He was a shockingly competent fantasy producer last year, scoring in 15 of 17 games, multiple touchdowns in over half his games. But Carson Wentz's inexplicable kryptonite was 
the Jaguars. <laughs> no reason. <laughs> That's true. He posted miserable numbers in the two meetings last year, 180 yards and 185 yards, zero touchdowns in one game, one touchdown in the other game. It, this is kind of like a weird revenge game angle. Oh, it's very much a revenge game for him. <laughs> Brian would come up with a new adjective for it. No, well, keep in mind, by the way, people may have forgotten, the Colts were win and in versus the Jaguars in week 18 of last year, and they lost to the Jaguars, who were in the middle of an eight-game losing streak. For Wentz, this is very much a revenge game. Uh, Jahan Dotson, a C grade. The rookie will start the game, but his role is unclear, and it's been since Art Monk and Gary Clark since Washington has reliably fled, fed two fantasy wideouts here. Ditto for Carson Wentz. You know what? I'm moving him to the bench, too. Uh, Jahan Dats- <laughs> I talked myself into benching him, too. Jahan Datsun, bench. Let's go to the only receiver that you really care about, and that's... Terry McLaurin. McLaurin's new quarterback, Carson Wentz, posted the seventh-highest PFF grade under pressure last year. So even if the commander's line is as bad as we think it's going to be, White Mentz might be okay and able to still help feed McLaurin here. Second-year cornerback Tyson Campbell has been a training camp standout, but McLaurin will test Campbell's and Shaq Griffin's propensity to give up big plays. In Indy, Wentz was laser-focused on one target, Michael Pittman, his number one go-to receiver. That's clearly Terry McLaurin in this offense, and the numbers should be there for him in a B grade on Terry McLaurin. Last guy I'm going to mention is Logan Thomas. It's his first game off of a reconstructed ACL and MCL. We will sit him on the bench, and we will watch and see what happens with him. All right, I think uh, maybe we have time to sneak mm. in one more. Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Let's let's not. We'll move it to the next. We'll move it to the next break. That happens sometimes. Giants Titans, so much to unpack in that one. Sure, really. Was. It nearly needs its own segment, I think, yes. to get to the bottom of yes. everything that Daniel Jones is going to bring to the table. All here. of the three starters I have in that matchup. <laughs> in that matchup I'm surprised. Between both teams, you have three. Between both teams. Uh, it's not, it's not going to be great. Uh, Giants Titans, when we come back, we'll break that matchup down along with Steelers, Bengals, Packers, Vikings. More Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Matt Harrison with you. New leagues being formed at guillotineleagues.com if you want to check out the freshest funnest new way to play fantasy football guillotine leagues.com. Okay. Let's get back into the matchups beginning with giants at Titans. Scott, last segment, you said you only have three starters between both teams and Derek Henry's one of them. So who does that leave? Anybody on the giants at all? The only I, I have uh, on the Giants, I have a B grade on Saquon Barkley. There we go. All we're right. starting Barkley. Yeah, yeah. The Titans, I mean, on the bad side, Titans were surprisingly second best against fantasy running backs last year, allowing the second fewest rushing yards and only 3.8 yards per carry. Uh, just 10 total running back touchdowns, but rushing and receiving combined, they went back to middle of the pack. Um, you're starting Barkley. It's not a great matchup, but he should get most of the work in this one. We're talking a 20 a 20 plus touch guy. So he gets a B grade there and in probably a tougher matchup in the passing game. I have Jones on the bench. You're, I mean, you weren't going to start Jones anyway. <laughs> You're not starting Daniel Jones no. with all the quarterbacks out there. But it's of note that the Titans allowed 21 passing touchdowns in 17 games last year. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. And nine of them came from Murray, Wilson, and nine Allen. Times. Wow. So <laughs> Everybody else got so nothing. Everybody else was going zero or one. Jones qualifies for the everybody else. Kadarius mm-hmm. uh, Tony, I have a C grade because he's been he- he's holly- healthy and fully practicing now. Yeah. Um, he he moves around. Uh, Sterling Shepard isn't even practicing fully. He's coming off that Achilles injury. Kenny Galladay, I'm convinced, is now just a Mandela effect. <laughs> we're, we're pretty sure Kenny Galladay existed, but... <laughs> Nobody knows for sure. <laughs> right. Um but they move him all around, and the Titans were worst in the NFL against the slot last year, mm-hmm. which Tony sometimes goes there. Wandale Robinson could have some sneaky volume there. He was a high-volume guy in college. Yeah. I wouldn't start him. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. keep it in your head. Uh, but C-grade on Tony. On the other side, the Titans. I have Tannehill on the bench, too. He's going to be a take-a-chance-on-me quarterback two type a lot this year. I don't think it is here. Um, last year, he only had three games over 270 yards. Uh, he saved you with the rushing touchdowns. He had he seven last seven year. Seven rushing touchdowns, he, and, and he's been consistently he the, doing that. He had but, seven man, the year before too. I yeah, know, it just but it seems but so fluky for that's Tannehill. Exactly what I wrote. It's really hard to predict things like that. Uh, so I have almost the entire passing game on the bench for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. Westbrook, Akeen, ankle breaker, Phillips. Austin Hooper, you can't trust them. Uh, Robert Woods is coming off a torn ACL in November, and that he somehow came back from already, and he's yeah. practicing fully. But he may see shadow coverage from Adoree Jackson. I'm not starting him with confidence. Traylon Burks. I'm a fan of Burks. Loved what he saw in college. He was like my 1A, 1B coming out of college. But between the weight, the asthma, the up-and-down preseason – I can't start him here with any confidence until I see how he plays. He should, if Adoree Jackson covers Woods, maybe he gets, 
you know, maybe he gets a good matchup there, yeah. but I have him on the bench too. The guy, only guy I'm starting on the Titans is Derrick Henry, who averaged 27 touches per game early mm. in the season before mm. that injury yeah. that he ended up came, coming back from, and they went right back to that. Uh, so an A grade on a guy who's going to get 25-plus touches against a team who gave up the sixth most explosive run, plays to running backs last year. All it takes is one or two of those 25 touches, and you've got a good game out of Henry. I don't think he gets 27 anymore. I think those days are probably. You don't think they run him down? I don't. I think they're going to be a little more careful. Who who who's who's getting it that? Dontrell Hilliard is a sneaky. Ugh. He's a sneaky. He should be on rosters. Hassan on, I got, Haskins. I got Hassan Haskins. No, <laughs> okay. I think it's Hilliard. I right. do. Um, I've been a fan since his days in Cleveland. Okay, Steelers take on the Bengals. Matt, this is uh, this is. Uh, this has turned into a fairly sizable rivalry now that the Bengals are are good and the Steelers are struggling. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start with Deontay Johnson here. He had a shoulder injury that limited his practice availability for most of the week, but yeah. he was a full participant on Thursday, and it looks like he's going to play. Uh, it was a shoulder sprain from the last preseason game. He'll likely draw a combo of Eli Apple, who's settled in as a average NFL corner, and the semi-elite Chidobi Wouzier, who mm. graded out as Pro Football Focus's number 14 corner last year. With that said, and the sprained shoulder, I'm downgrading Deontay to a C grade in this one. I just got to see if he can get through it. Um, if Johnson is a surprise scratch on Sunday, I'd probably put a circle around or a plus sign next to each of these other wide receivers don't and their letter mean. grades, okay. maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, George Pickens and Chase Claypool. Claypool was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver. He gets a B grade. I'll give Pickens a C this week. I think he'll see a high snap count, but as I mentioned before, he'll see the Awuzie-Apple combo on the perimeter, so a tough start for him. Uh, Pat Fryermuth gets a B grade. Uh, oh, wow. He scored in both meetings against the Bengals last year. And since he was bottom six in tight end receptions, yards, and touchdowns allowed last mm-hmm. year. Mitch Trubisky, I'm going to keep him on the bench, but he was very close to like a take a chance on me style C grade. Uh, the offensive line just worries me. Deontay's status, everyone else in the league is healthy, and you have to bench some quarterback, so Trubisky's on your bench. <laughs> Somebody's got to be on Somebody's the bench, be so on, why not Mitch can, Trubisky? Yeah, it's got to be, right? Uh, <laughs> thought, you know what that is? That's a sad trombone right there. Uh, Najee Harris, I'm giving him a B grade. In, a, in the first meeting with the Bengals last year, Harris caught 14 passes for 102 mm. yards yeah. on 19 targets. Whoa. But they bottled him up in the second game. In the second meeting, the Bengals held him to almost nothing. 11 touches for 37 yards. I think you only had like two or three rushes over 20 yards all year, too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's going to be a weird year for Najee. Uh, Joe Mixon, on the other side, he gets an A. The Steelers' weak spot on defense is against the run. Last time Mixon saw the steel curtain, 28 carries, 165 yards, oh, and two I scores. It. I love it. The wide receiver group of Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, all of them get a B grade. Including Boyd. Including Boyd. Oh, Chase and Higgins. Tell me more, please. Well, Chase and Higgins move around a fair amount, so both should see the coverage of top corner Akello Witherspoon, who gave up only 16 receptions last year in the nine games he played. On the other side, they'll see the very ordinary Levi Wallace, and that's where Joe Burrow is going to be attacking. Boyd gets the B because he plays from the slot, and Arthur Mollett mm. will be covering him. Mollett allowed a passer rating of 118 in his coverage last year. 
With all that said, Joe Burrow gets a B grade. I like all of his receivers, so I got to like the thrower at least a little bit. Worth noting in both meetings last year, though, yeah, Burrow was held to under 200 yards passing, but I'm still not scared. I think a B grade's fine, but I think Joe Mixon just goes nuts in this game. Mm. I'm kind of with like you. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I had Joe Mixon ranked number two on my preseason cheat sheet, and I got a Where lot of Where do you got him in your weekly rankings this week? It's got to be up there. You know, I don't know off the top of my head. It's, I'm sure it is up there. If you're listening, you can find those at GeekTeamLeaks.com. You can look for yourself. I'm, yeah. sure it is, I'm sure it is a top five-ish ranking for Joe Mixon. Vikings and Packers, another rivalry game. Vikings trying to employ an entirely new 3-4 scheme on defense, mostly with the same 4-3 personnel they had last year. And I think there's going to be some moments of discombobulation for the Vikings. Uh, but while we're uh, talking about the Packers and their chances to take advantage of that, also check on the status of their offensive line. El- El- Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari um, are both unknowns at the time of uh, at the time of our taping here on Friday. So we don't know for sure if they're going to be able to go. Hopefully, that will be the case uh, for the sake of the Packers. Um, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Let's start there. The Vikings were a bad run defense last year, but the offseason addition of Buffalo defensive tackle Harrison Phillips should help. He was Pro Football Focus's fifth-ranked run stuffer last year. And in the past years when Devontae Adams missed games, Jones saw a big workload spike, and the runners did in general. Um, and I think he gets a big workload here, but he shares with A.J. Dillon and perhaps almost evenly in this game. In two games against Minnesota last season, A.J. Dillon racked up 33 touches, 180 yards, and two scores. Now, granted, Aaron Jones was out for one of those two games, but still very impressive numbers against the Vikings for A.J. Dillon. I prefer Jones because of his PPR upside, but Dillon's going to see plenty of work as well. Both of them B grades in this game. For Aaron Rodgers... I've got just the C grade on him with Alan Lazard not expected to play. He's doubtful for this game. Rodgers' starting wide receivers are Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, and Randall Cobb. And maybe, you know, we don't know for sure the status of what we could possibly get out of Robert Tunyon. It looks like he's going to go, but who knows how many reps he's going to give you coming off ACL. I just think there's not enough talent here. Aaron Rodgers is great, obviously, and the matchup's a fine one for him. But I worry about all these receivers. I think you may have better options than Aaron Rodgers in this game. Just a C grade for him. Sammy Watkins, C grade. Your legendary week one performer, Sammy Watkins. Mm -hmm. Last three week ones. Yep. (laughs) Combined for 20 catches, almost 400 yards, and three touchdowns. Mm, That sounds good. I'll have that. We'll take a third of that. If Lazard, with Lazard out, Watkins looks like an every down receiver. Minnesota returns their same starting cornerbacks last from last season, Patrick Peterson and Cam, Cam Dantzler, and they're hardly shut down guys. If you're ever going to start Sammy Watkins, literally, ever again for the rest of your life, week one matchup against the Vikings with Alan Lazard out is as good as it gets. Book it. So Sammy Watkins in. Romeo Dobbs, your presumed starter that I mentioned earlier, again, in exploitable matchups, and I could see them trying to get the rookie cooking early, maybe build some confidence here. If you I. A lot of people say, you know, you got to show me first. I think this is a good opportunity for Romeo Dobbs. I've got a C grade mm-hmm. on him. Let's see what happens with him. Let's go to the Viking side. Dalvin Cook and obvious A. Kirk Cousins brings the NFL's longest touchdown streak into this game. 31 games. Lots of passes coming in this game. Green Bay was one of eight teams to yield an opponent passing play north of 60%. And Kevin O'Connell almost certainly is going to employ a more pass-heavy uh, scheme than Mike Zimmer did. 
And so, yeah, Cousins, be great in this mm-hmm. game. I, this is a very good Green Bay secondary, um, and they can get to the quarterback, but Kirk Cousins actually very good in when pressured. We'll, uh, we'll continue with him on a B grade. Justin Jefferson, obvious A grade, but let me just mention, J.R. Alexander is no picnic, and that is a tough one-on-one matchup. Still, Jefferson was very good against this team last year, but also Alexander did not play in one of the two Viking games last season. So if somebody tries to sell you on the 862-2 and two line that Justin Jefferson put up against the Packers last year, note that Alexander did not play in that game. Adam Thielen... Also a B grade. Thielen gets uh, more of Eric Stokes in this game, coming off a promising rookie year. Still, advantage to the veteran who had 10 touchdowns in 11 games last year, including scoring in this matchup last year. B grade for Adam Thielen. And a C grade for K.J. Osborne. He will see a lot of Rasul Douglas in the slot. Douglas had a long NFL career. Virtually none of it coming from the slot, though. Um, He was one of the league's best reclamation projects of last year. It was a great story for him. He got paid this past offseason by the Packers. But I don't know how great he is in the slot. I like K.J. Osborne here. Slight advantage for Osborne, startable with a C grade. And Dalvin Cook, obvious A grade. You know, to start him in pretty much all situations. Yeah, we do expect more running, but there's some more passing. But still, plenty to go around Mm -hmm. for Dalvin Cook in this game. Do not start Alexander Madison as I hear he's headed to the Eagles. 100% fact <laughs> on that. Uh, last thing, Irv Smith not even on the injury report, so it looks like that thumb of his is fine, but he missed all of training right. camp. Let's take this one and off. all and, of last year. Yeah, and also all of last year. So let's, uh, let's take a wait and see on Irv Smith. When we come back, final segment, which includes the time machine. We'll tell you the guys you want to pick up this week that everybody else will be trying to pick up next week. Premature speculation coming up next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's the final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly, a week one edition. This is a segment that we call Premature Speculation. We give you three guys you'll want to pick up this week that everybody else will be trying to pick up next week, but they're already on your team. Ha ha! Scott. I'm going to go with Eno Benjamin. Run, running backs are hard to come by. You need to spend mad waiver money when they become available. Chase Edmonds last year had over 900 yards last year and 43 catches as the number two in that Arizona mm. offense. Last year was Connor's first healthy year. The year before, he had injuries to six different body parts. <laughs> He's, he doesn't he, even have that many Eno Benjamin parts. could be a flex matchup play. If Connor goes down, he's a starter. It's hard to injure your gallbladder, but he managed to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, your premature speculation player, Matt. Uh, Randall Cobb, who's rostered in only 14% of sleeper leagues. Alan Lazard's probably not going this week, leaving Aaron Rodgers with Sammy Watkins, a bunch of rookies that he doesn't trust. And Randall Cobb, who only saw 39 targets last year, but he figures to blow that figure out of the water by mid-October. The likelihood of Cobb being Aaron Rodgers' most targeted wide receiver this year, it's very high, and he's absolutely free right now. In the preseason when evaluating rookies, you are looking for special talent that transcends the crappy second or third string defense that player might be going up against. Isaiah, likely Baltimore tight end, showed that in the preseason. He looks like a special talent who we believe is going to get on the field, primarily standing and running from the slot. Mm -hmm. So that is my premature speculation player. We have three more matchups to get to, including the the biggest of many revenge games this week. Broncos taking on the Seahawks, Scott. Yeah, we got Russell Wilson returning to play Seattle, a Seattle team that allowed the second most passing yards, and their defensive unit saw downgrades this offense. Uh, (laughs) uh, This Seattle defense was also bottom 10 pressure rate. Uh, So basically, I have a B grade on Wilson, uh, mostly because I think that they're going to get up. They're they're six-point favorites. They're going to run the ball a lot more once they get ahead. So only a B grade on Wilson here. Uh, Sutton with a B grade and Judy with a C grade. Sutton, I'm a team Sutton over Judy guy. Mm -hmm. All the the beat reporters have said the, the chemistry is between Wilson and Sutton. It's such a positive matchup against a poor secondary that it'll be starting like Sidney Jones and Justin Coleman and rookie Tariq Woolen. Those guys aren't scaring anyone. So B grade on Sutton, C grade on Judy. I just don't know how much they're going to be able to throw or how much they're going to need to throw in this one. Albert O., I've toyed with a C grade. What do you think, Chart? Dulcich on IR. Yeah, it's a no, Seattle I'm, I'm on board. That's Seattle a Seattle team that allowed the fourth most mm-hmm. touchdowns, eleventh most yards, and tenth most receptions to tight ends. Yep, in. I'm, I'm all right. I'm in on a C grade. That's that was a tough one for me. But uh, Javante Williams B grade and Gordon a C grade. The Seahawks were bottom ten in yards and touchdowns allowed to running backs. They lost Bobby Wagner and Carlos Dunlop, as I was kind of prefacing earlier, but didn't get to it yet until now. This be good for the splitting duo of Javante and Melvin, but all reports say Javante is going to be the the A back and Gordon will be the B back. So B grade for Williams, C grade for Gordon. Yes, I I realized that was probably confusing the way I stated (laughs) it. On the other side, 
Geno Smith with a bench grade in his three starts last year. His best game was 208 total yards. But he threw a lot of touchdowns, and I actually I kind of like him in garbage time. He here. threw four touchdowns in his three starts. Oh, was that it? Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> he did have one rushing touchdown. There you go. Uh, so I have DK Metcalf with a B grade and Lockett with a C grade. DK Metcalf actually had the yardage totals of 58, 96, and 43 and scored three times in those three games. Yep. So I think he's pretty safe. Lockett a C grade because he disappeared for two games, but then he exploded for 140 plus in a couple scores. So mm. it, that's always a possibility with Lockett. So I'm giving him the C grade here as they'll be behind and trying to catch up. Rashad Penny with a B grade in his last six games with at least 14 touches. Here's his average stat line. 147 yards and 1.5 touchdowns. Oh, we'll take that. Yeah, we'll take that. He's going to get that kind of uh, volume in this one. Travis Homer was my take a chance on me player. And that's it because Ken Walker's out. Yeah. I, I like Travis Homer as a sneaky play in this matchup. Uh, the next game is Chiefs taking on the Cardinals. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are obvious A's that we will not spend time on. But let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. Arizona secondary, bad last year, giving up 27 scores to opposing receivers. That was four more than the next worst team. And they look to be even worse this year with their offseason defections. Juju primarily ran from the slot in Pittsburgh, and the Chiefs have a ton of available slot reps with Tyreek Hill out. Byron Murphy is the cornerback who mans the slot for the Cardinals, and he ranked as cornerback 66 by Pro Football Focus. So there's a good chance for Juju to have some headway here. Sky Moore's a, an interesting dart throw in a smash spot. We talked earlier, not a lot of rookies we trust here, but man, I don't like this. I don't like this secondary at all. And if you wanted me to try one rookie receiver, this is the one I would try. Moore figures to face second-year corner Marco Wilson on the left side a lot. He allowed a 130 passer rating and the second-most touchdowns in his coverage of any cornerback. Give a shot to Sky Moore. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver earlier in this game, early in the show. Clyde Edwards' despair is a C grade. By the way, Sky Moore is a C grade, and Juju's a B grade, if I did say that. Clyde Edwards' despair, C grade. Cardinals were pretty average in most running back metrics last season, but did keep teams out of the end zone. But touchdowns aren't really Clyde Edward Alaire's calling card anyway. So we'll hope he can chip in some all-purpose yardage against a team that ranked 21st in total yards to running backs. And then all the rest of the running backs for the Chiefs are on the bench. Let's go to Arizona, where James Conner gets an A grade. Chiefs run defense was uh, very bad again. 4.8 yards per carry, second worst in the league. We'll start him. Um, Kyler Murray gets a B grade. He's going to be without DeAndre Hopkins. Rondell Moore's been ruled out. Zach Ertz looks like he will play hurt, if at all. Kansas City ranked 24th in passing yards allowed last season, and as a result, they completely rebuilt their secondary. And with all of the changes, at least three starting new faces starting in that secondary, there's going to be some opportunities for Murray, even with the second-tier sets of receivers that he's going to have. Chiefs green secondary could end up making some mistakes here. So we'll start Kyler Murray with a B grade. I really like Marquise Brown. These, as again, all these receivers are gone except Marquise Brown is still standing. And four of the Chiefs' six leaders in defensive snaps are now gone. This is a this is a good spot for him. I think there's gonna be some coverage lapses. Opposing number one receivers uh last year had uh had put up 107 total uh average 107 total yards against the Chiefs. In the first four games of last season when they were rebuilding their secondary, I think they're going to struggle here too. Kyler Murray, uh, sorry, Marquise Brown, A grade in this matchup. Oh, wow. And then lastly, uh, Zach Ertz, who got in a limited practice on Friday, game time decision. 
averaged over 50 yards per game and had the most targets per game after being traded from Philly in week seven among all tight ends. Kansas City did not allow a score to the position over the last 10 games of last year, but they also lost Tyron Matthew over the last uh, in the offseason, and he did a lot of that tight end coverage work. So not clear that Kansas City is going to be as effective here. And so we'll give Zach Ertz a C grade based on the matchup and based on uh, the fact that he comes in injured in this game. Let's go to the Monday night game and our final matchup of the week, Matt. Mine's the Sunday night game. It's I'm the sorry. Bucks and the Sunday Cowboys. Night game. Thank you. Uh, Tom Brady and Mike Evans are each going to get A grades in this one. Brady has 14 touchdown passes in six career games versus Dallas, and he's never lost to them. And Mike Evans is still Brady's favorite target. And in fact, when Godwin and Brown were gone last year, he averaged 10 targets per game. Speaking of Godwin, he might not be ready to come back from the ACL quite yet. Russell Gage is dealing with a hamstring injury and has been limited all week. His status is also in doubt. So since this is the Sunday nighter, mm-hmm. I can't advise starting either Godwin or Gage, but I will throw a dart at Julio Jones, who I'll give a C grade to. Evans moves around a lot on the field, and if Godwin and Gage don't go, I'd expect Evans to move into the slot more, which means Jones is on the outside where he'll face Trevon Diggs, who is Pro Football Focus's 87th-ranked cover corner. Leo Fournette, he gets a C grade. I'd expect no less than a two-third share in Week 1 snaps for Fournette. Rachad White probably gets the rest. Problem is, Cowboys' run defense was pretty good last year. Mm -hmm. Only three running backs topped the 80-yard mark against Dallas last year, and they only allowed eight rushing touchdowns to the position on the season. On the other side, I'm really nervous about the offensive line going up against the Tampa front seven. So Zeke and Pollard only get C grades. I think Zeke gets more run here, here, but Pollard is heavily involved in the passing game. And that's about the only way for running backs to score on Tampa. The Bucks allowed the fewest rushing yards to running backs in the league last year, but the second most receptions. So that's the bright spot. Dak Prescott gets a B grade. The Bucks aren't nearly as stout against the pass, and Dak threw for over 400 yards mm. and three scores in the Week 1 meeting last year. Yep. But it's a completely different offensive line, and he'll be missing Amari Cooper, who's in Cleveland, and Michael Gallup, who's recovering from an ACL. C.D. Lamb gets an A grade. The most likely matchup for Lamb is against burnable Sean Murphy Bunting. He's going to be in line for 10 targets at a minimum, but many could be in double coverage. And finally, Dalton Schultz. He got Pro Football Focus's second highest positional advantage ranking this week for tight ends. Mm. He'll get Devin White a lot in coverage, and White is a great defender, but not good in coverage, earning a 37 PFF grade in coverage. That's wow, bad. That is so really bad. Dalton Schultz, Jeez. B grade. He's going to be very solid That's this really week. Bad. We're heading into the week one Sunday. We all love our teams right now. <laughs> and by midday Sunday, yeah, half of us are going to be like, oh, God, what did I do? But do not despair. We will be back next week for all of your week two fantasy information to help right the ship if you got a loss and help keep the streaks going if you got the win. We appreciate everybody who listened. Scott, Matt, great job. We'll be back next week for more Fantasy Football Weekly. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.